Hello, everybody. Uh, this is Josh, also known as uh, Yashu, and you're tuning into episode five of the TLOI Talks uh, podcast. And today we have a representation of um, a two-person uh, band um, who's who are from like, Greensboro, like North Carolina. They just released uh, their uh, debut project, Oh Shorebud, and have also performed live before on their first show a while back. Um, I give you uh, Ethan of the Boogie Boards. Ethan, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm good. I, I hate to correct you off the gate, but um, we played three shows. Oh, sure. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Yeah, and I was just only aware of like the first show, but I'm glad That's you fine. got got some other shows that got the way as well. So yeah. So I want to start it off by talking about you know growing up in like Greensboro, like North Carolina. So growing up there, like what what was like your childhood like and the environment? Would you say that it was like, a good experience by any chance? Yeah, I could say it's been a pretty good experience. Um, I mean, I grew up mostly outside of Greensboro and like kind of a little more like the farm territory. I don't consider myself like country, really. Um, but Greensboro, I think, is like a really good area. It has like a really good theater scene. It has a really good, like it has pretty good diversity, too. Um, now really now um has good i mean traffic most of the time is good but, uh growing up in greensboro this is like kind of small townish. you get like you get you can do everything in like one day if you wanted to if you really ran fast enough but there's like still parts of the city that i discovered from time to time yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I know with North Carolina, it's very big on the music scene, like more on the hip hop, rap, and R and B side. But yeah, you know, it's pretty interesting knowing that there's like you know like a rock scene, like an indie punk scene, and all those like other scenes combined there as well too. So I'm guessing, like, I would say that the scene is like pretty big there, or would it be? It's not- well, I, I sorry to cut you off, but I just got into it a while ago but there is like there's a pretty big like thrash metal scene in in north and south carolina um hardcore bands there's a few riot girl bands but yeah there's like hip-hop especially rap is a big part of it now i mean you got like big names like j cole and the baby and then there's like smaller rappers that are coming up. I know like a few rappers coming up right now that I went to like high school with. So it was crazy. Yeah, no doubt. Um, just to speak on like your introduction to music, like did you have like a very like first introduction uh, to it? Like when you grew up? I think growing up, like, okay, so my grandpa was in a bunch of country bands. He played bass in them and guitar. My dad is now in like a, a cover band. But growing up, I think my first introduction to music was probably like cartoons, just like theme songs, like the Banana Splits, um, uh, Scooby-Doo, what's new Scooby-Doo. Um, 
I mean, there's guitars and instruments laying around, but I didn't really fiddle with them until like high school. So, sure. And I guess like when you had your first introduction, like you explained more on the musical background with your grandfather being in country brands uh, too. So like with uh, the other parts of your family or yourself, did you have like any other like musical like background in history? So did you start playing like an instrument like by that time in that sense? Yeah, I started playing guitar in high school. Um, picked it up pretty fast. I mean, at first, I think I was playing ukulele first. So that ukulele skills, like just, uh, what's the right word for it? Transferred over to guitar pretty easily. Um, my, I think my great grandma might've played guitar too. So there's like a bunch of like, and my brothers, played instruments and my mom was in, you know, band in high school. So there is like a lot of, sorry if you heard that, there is a lot of music in my family, I guess. I see. And I know that you stated that you were first introduced to cartoons like music wise like as a kid in that sense too. But did you have like any other like musical like influences and genres that you listened to like growing up until now? Uh, growing up, I, I guess it's just mainly pop rock, pop punk. You know, you got your Fall Out Boys, you got your uh, Pumped Up Kick song that was that was everywhere growing up. Um, All American rejects that could really write a hook. Like Give You Hell, such a good song. Um Pretty Little Secret, that's a good one too. Green Day. That's that's pretty much it. Just like surface level pop punk and pop rock. Besides Maroon Five. see and um you know just to speak more on the start of your band like with your other bandmates so when did you guys like meet like was this like during a certain point when you guys like formed the band or like when like way before like at that certain point so a simple rundown of the band is new year's like the day after new year's day so like january 2nd i was like hey I want to like start taking music maybe more seriously because I like wrote songs early during the quarantine, whatever. And I played like three songs with a friend of mine. He moved. So I had to like sell some of these songs away for to find a drummer. And then I found Ian via like a find the band website, which was god awful. I don't recommend using those things. Um, I don't recommend Craigslist either. Um, and it was just a miracle I found them. And then we played like three shows. We recorded the album pretty much within like two months. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, so like I would assume like that's how like the band was inspired to get together like in that sense too because – 
you stated that um it was new year's day you wanted to like start a band you know and you know you did your formation um were there like other like inspirations like in that sense by any chance um the fright speech goons waves early waves surf curse dolls meth wax meth wax is pretty underrated fake tides weezer any any band from california really yeah see what you mean um you know like even like thinking about like surf rock just like in that sense too um we could also talk about like dig dale mm-hmm. who was like a big impact within that sound within the 1940s like 1950s even with his contributions to um i think uh one of the soundtracks um for uh pulp fiction so yep. like yeah um that was kind of like an interesting like take right there um and even like with the name too like the boogie boards like it feels like it has like more of a surf rock like influence like in that sense so um just to speak on like the name like what was like that inspiration formation of that name well like yeah dick dale link gray link gray is actually from north carolina he's from a town called dunn i think yeah um, he's a big inspiration too. I rip him off all the time. Uh, Beach Boys, big influence. Early Beatles, early in, big influence. Um, the name actually, like, I had a hard time deciding on a band name because I could just come up with them like all the time. Like the first band name that I came up with was like a, as a joke was Vegan Sex Grenade. I don't make that type of music, so it wouldn't really fit. That's like a hair metal band. Yeah. Um, and then it was the cocktail party. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to let people decide it for me. So it was two options. It was Wipeout Videotape and the Boogie Boards. And the Boogie Boards didn't win. But I just like the sound of that more because make like Wipeout Videotape has so many syllables to it. And it feels kind of like, I guess, chunky when you say it out loud, like over and over again. But the name really has no meaning. I mean, besides maybe nostalgia from when I was like a kid at the beach. Yeah, I see what you mean. Um, So, you know, like when I listened to the music, it kind of had like more of a noise type sense with some correlation to like some indie punk in that sound too. But um, just in your perspective, um, for a person like listening to like your music for the first time, like how do you describe it to like first time listeners in that sense? Um, I just say, hey, it's, uh, it's two dudes in a room making noise. What, what we got is what we you're getting. Nothing more, nothing less. Um. Some people say it's like, what was that review? Because I remember when it came out, I like posted it online to like some, like you know, some curators or playlist, and they all turned me down. So I feel like I can say this. One of them said that it was too distorted, and they didn't like it. 
but it was really funny because I consider it to be kind of lo-fi, you know? And they were in like the lo-fi section of that website saying that it was too distorted. So that, that gave me a chuckle. Um, yeah, people like, you know, listen to early waves, like their first two albums, listen to Summer Bummer, and then listen to this. You can clearly hear the inspirations um, pretty easily. And like, I recorded it myself. I just like, I put the phone right here and press record on the garage band. So if I can do it, then anybody else can probably do it better. Yeah, I see what you mean. Um, and just, you know, speaking on the creative processes for making music. So like, even like when you worked on your projects and like with everything else that you might've had, like so far, like uh, final cuts or demos, uh, what were the creative processes for making like music or like even like making like the project? Well, I'm going to give you a, a little rundown. How to make a boogie board song in five minutes. You grab your guitar, you play the top string, play th three or four notes, and then you turn those three or four notes into power chords. And then the lyrics, you rip off a doo-wop song from the 1950s and you smack a horror movie as the title. And bam, you got yourself a song. Interesting, yeah. I mean, I could, like, imagine, like, certain, like, sounds on there. Like, I could imagine, like, some Dick Dale. I could imagine Beach Boys. I could imagine, like, who else? Um, I'd say, like, Frank, like, not Frank Sinatra, but, um, yeah. You know, like uh, like La ba like La Bamba, like in that sense too. Like I oh, could, yeah, uh, La Bamba is such a good song. I could, I could like definitely see that too. Um, so like even just talking about this project, like Oh Shore Bud, um, it had like an interesting like ring to it. You know, like when you think about it, some people say Oh Shore Bud, but you guys mm -hmm. had Oh Shore Bud. So, uh, tell me more about that and the inspiration like beyond it in that sense. Like, I had the title before I had anything to it, really. I I knew that I wanted to make an album. And I knew I had I had enough songs for maybe two albums. So I had two different titles. And the other titles can be for my second album, which I'm working on right now, because I don't know how to pace myself. Um, oh, sure, bud. I, I think I saw it in, like, some YouTube comment about like the beach and it's to sound like kind of like a dad joke that i heard growing up and you know the music i guess is somewhat nostalgia based i mean look at the titles they're all from like horror movies that i saw growing up so like my bloody valentine like i saw the trailer of the remake when i was growing up and it scared the hell out of me so that's kind of really, really it came from. I think I saw it as like a pun somewhere and I just like the ring to it. Just enough words, just enough letters. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and, you know, like the cover art, it was sort of like uh, pretty interesting in that sense, too. Like, um, you know, like I liked the mesh of colors in that sense, too, and the imagery. So... Tell me, like, more about that. Like, I don't know if that was, like, 
made by like the band or like made by like certain like a certain like creative like that you guys worked with or if you founded it like from a site before so it i had okay i had the album art but for anyone starting a band don't do what i did don't get the album art before you have any music ready and don't title said album art before you have any music ready but i did that because i just i felt like if i saw the art and the art could inspire me so it was kind of like a backwards way of doing it so the art was done by nova st lillen st lillen s-a-n-t-i-l-l-a-n uh nova forever on instagram uh she i found her scrolling through tiktok of all places and her art was kind of like morbid in a way i kind of liked it it reminded me of like you know some comic book i saw growing up and i was like i i need this is the one and she gave me a reasonable price and i was like yeah i told her i wanted it to be like on the cover, you know, the guy with the TV for a head. I drew that growing up ever since like sixth or seventh grade. It was my like go-to doodle. as like the guy gone through like constant names because I can't remember a single one of them. I think it's Carl at one point. But I just told her, hey, uh, TV for a head, cigarettes for a tennis, kind of lonely looking guy. The beach is right, right outside, and that's kind of what I think the music gives off. Is and you know, with how distorted it is, I wanted to feel like you were kind of underwater in a way. And uh, if you look at the lyrics on our band camp, they do give a sense of like loneliness and like isolation and like just negative thoughts in general. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I forgot to ask this, like, you know, for part one, but um, what are your, like, top five, like, bands of all time? Like, whether it's, like, very old or whether it's, like, you know, like, very new? Five bands. That's a hard one. Um, that's a good question. Nobody has asked me that yet. Um, I don't really have any, like, particular order for bands. I guess my number one is Weezer. Rivers Cuomo is just a genius writing. Um, sometimes he writes good lyrics. Sometimes he writes terrible ones. Um, but the guy, the guy has like this method that he does write in and I appreciate him for that. It's new. Um, I never heard of anyone doing that before. So yeah, number one, Sweezer. Number five through two, I'm just going to put The Lonely Island. All right. I mean, that's pretty interesting, too. But like with The Lonely Island, you know, like no one really talks about them like that. I know they had this like a couple of songs, you know, like... Oh, yeah object in a box and i can't say it like for youtube but oh, i'll yeah. say like 
the uh, Natalie like, Portman song. Uh, like the I'm in a boat song too. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, and yeah, I mean, there. I think also it was just like I just had S E X. Like that was yeah. <laughs> I guess like that was like one. yeah. So, there. but no, I'd say yeah. Like it's you know pretty dope. You know, like uh, the Lonely Island. You could like they're easily comparable to other unique you know, like comical acts, you know, like because the lyrics, you know, might sound like comical, but there's like different like undertones, like meanings to it. Like, you know, you could compare that to like, you know, Lil D, like, you know, I don't want to say like the name, but everyone would know who like Lil D is. And then also, you know, another rapper by like the name of like BFB, the Pac-Man, like who makes, you know, shock value like type, lyrics in that sense early early tyler for the creator maybe too yeah um but like lonely island like i think because they're like so good at comedy that transfers over to like the lyric writing and their production is so good too like there's no like the the drums are always good there's nothing that says ew on a song or nothing that takes you out of the mood of it. Like when you hear a Lonely Island song, you just, you can just turn off your brain for a little bit, get a good chuckle and just say, Hey, I'm on a boat. Yeah. So the other three like uh, bands, uh, do you still have like them named or like? With those all be- Lonely Island. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pretty much, you know, like, I guess I'd have to like listen to more Lonely Island, but that those would be like the three songs that you know I know in particular that had like a crazy impact. But yeah, um, for me, um, I already stated this in like a previous like um, interview that I had like with another artist back then. So people, if people can access, they could check it out at the previous like YouTube video um, that I had, but. I stated like Rage Against the Machine, like Nirvana, um, who else? Uh, Sublime, uh, Offspring, and then also I think uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, I think too, but um, I probably, or I think yeah. like Radiohead or something like that. Um, I had like, I had those like named a while back, but like for people who are listening or watching you can check out you can check out like my top five at the store at the solstice like interview on tloy or on his page as well like we discussed that but yeah yeah Nir- nirvana is a big influence too um excuse me lyrically musically excuse me again um kurt was just such a good songwriter um, he had a thing for melodies and just Bleach. Probably, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Bleach is the most underrated album. <laughs> and Cesticides are good, but Bleach is just underrated. I love In Utero. I love Nevermind. But Bleach is just a different atmosphere entirely. Yeah. Um, Fresno Vasalic on bass, he was, he, he played the root note when he was supposed to. He came up with like some funky bass lines when the song required it. 
And that's like the most important thing that most people don't know about music is it's not what you want to do. It's what the song calls for. Uh, um, I don't, yeah. And Dave Grohl on drums. There's nothing bad I can say about Dave Grohl. I mean, it's a legend. Yeah, definitely know what you mean, too. I mean, aneurysm and, you know, Bleach are like two projects that don't get like as much like attention as to like the in the in uteros and the neverminds like in right. that sense too and you know like in some cases too you know like they helped shape like the other sounds of nirvana that people like never noticed you know like that whole like noise type phase you know like with certain like sounds that they catch in that you never noticed in like a mainstream project like Nevermind or like Uteron and all that. So I could definitely say like, yeah, Bleach is also dope. Um, Aneurysms also dope, like based off some tracks that I have listened to too. Um, but yeah, I was like watching uh, the Woodstock uh, 99 uh, documentary on uh, HBO. And there was this segment where this one person talks about how artists like Nirvana and the Foo Fighters and... Um, like smashing punk uh pumpkins in that sense too like made music that captivated to like respecting women and you know feminism and social issues around the world and then once you know Kurt Cobain like passed away too there was like a whole sort of change in the sound where it's like all about like misogyny all about Mm -hmm. like reckless uh behavior you know like sex content um all that type of stuff too like with slipknot with limp biscuit uh with uh who else i think uh red hot chili peppers like once they left you know the californication like period in that sense too so like i don't know if you like watched that documentary by any chance but do you think uh that was like sort of true or like kind of like different in certain perspectives well, the music industry has always treated women poorly since it started. Um, it treated women, especially women of color. Because, um, who was it? There was some club that wouldn't let this like lady play. Then Marilyn Monroe came to the club and said, if you let this person play, I'll be in the front row every night. And Marilyn was there, and she performed for, like, a week, and it blew up. I'm not sure who it is, and as soon as the name will come to me, I'll feel like a jerk for not knowing it up top of my head. I know it was, it was a black lady. I don't think it was Marisa Franklin. It wasn't Tina Turner. It was, like... 50s, 40s. Like an Etta James or like uh, Donna, like Halfway or or like uh, Betty, like Wright in that sense too. Like, I'm trying to like figure out. It was during it. I saw it on an episode of Drunk History because I like nerd. I like knowing all this trivia just in case. But it's useless if you don't remember the names. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel you. Uh, no but doubt. The music industry 
Um, I try, especially because I'm influenced by a lot of stuff from the 50s and 60s, so I try to make sure my lyrics aren't, you know, any red flags that go through them. I ask friends to go through them. I, I try to make sure that people are listening to artists that respect other people. Um, I, you know, I support my local scene and my local and all the females or women in that scene. I hate the words females. It, it feels degrading in a way, but I know there's nothing like obviously wrong with it, but it's kind of like the word soggy, you know? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I mean, some some say like women led, or some say like an all women like based uh, group, yeah. or yeah. So I think like if you incorporate like women or like woman like in that sense too, then I know in some cases too, like most people like you know won't get offended by that. I know in other cases too, like if some person were to say female, like there would be some pe- females that not some women that actually you know like it some that don't actually so i know what you mean yeah yeah um but like kurt cobain was a big part of helping the riot girl genre get more little mainstream popularity he you know he stopped a rape during his show he stopped like he promoted um women's rights he played at like a rape benefit concert i think in 92. so kurt cobain did do a big part on helping with women in the industry even if you don't want to say he personally did it like 100 percent by himself i don't think that's true he didn't do it 100 percent by himself overnight it was just by people that he influenced too. Um, and that's that's the thing that punk is that punk and grunge are about. It's just you know making sure people are having a good time, making sure people are safe. Um, just being good people, trying to be good people. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and I think uh, we even spoke on that, like in the meaning uh, for it too. So, um, like as you mentioned, you know, uh, like in that sense, uh, what do you like? What do you feel that indie punk or punk means to you? Like I know that you mentioned that it's about like providing like safety, providing a good time for many people, like you know, community based. Uh, but are there like any other meanings that it has for you in that sense? That's a that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Uh, Indeed's about doing it more of by yourself, I think. And to me, half the time, punk and indie are like interswat and like intertwined. Because you can't really be punk without being indie. You can't be indie without being punk in a way. It's kind of like being 
excuse me, it's kind of, it's kind of like those things are inseparable in a way. Yeah, definitely know what you mean too. Um, and you know, with um, the indie punk scene, like in certain cities, or like even like the punk scene, some are like thriving, like bigger than ever, with like a lot of like local bands coming through, or a lot of like upcoming bands, you know, coming by providing a sound too. Um, and you know, North Carolina, you know, it's interesting too because. There's actually this one uh, punk uh, rapper by like the name of like NASCAR, like Aloe, who's okay. infusing like punk and like hip hop like within his sound, and it kind of has like more of um, like who who's who's I about to say like ah uh, like a Sid the like a Sid vicious type sound um, okay yeah the like kind of like the clash in that sense too so. I, I would say, you know, comparable to, like, those like two in that sense. 70s punk, yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel about the whole, like, punk, indie punk scene today, like, either like, locally or, like, worldwide in that sense? Well, I can only speak about my town because I've yet to leave it. Uh, it just doesn't feel right speaking about Wyoming when you've never been to Wyoming. So... I guess like the scene here is pretty good. There's like a there's a show happening here. I think almost every week. Um, it's just hard, hard to get started because you know there are a lot of bars and you have to be a certain age to play in bars. But once you get your foot in the door and you start making connections and start going to shows, then it becomes a lot easier because. I went to a show at like a comic book shop one time. So you can imagine there's like these sweaty people crammed through like a comic book shop, the stage in the middle. And it was like kind of like a pop punk show, I think, or punk show. And I met like some great people there that have helped me so much. I met my friend Joe from Against Protocol there. I met um, some like just nice people. I met like a couple of photographers. I met like a band that I would later play with too. Um, it's just all about getting your foot in the door as fast as you can because you don't want to miss out. And that fear of missing out really, really gets to you. Yeah, no doubt. Um... And, you know, just getting on to, like, these uh, last questions for a bit, too. So, the band played, like, at least three shows. I think one in July, and I don't know if the other two are in July or in August as well, too. But um, with those, like, three other shows, uh, tell me more about those uh, shows and what was, like, the experience and impact that it had, that it had like, for the band as a whole? Um, the first show we did was in my garage. And it was supposed to be two bands on the bill. And then that turned to three. So that, it was a great time. There was like, we were playing our set early opening because we were the, the freshest band there. So we just said, hey, let's just play the opening. We are playing. There was like a, a friend of mine on a skateboard during the set. 
just like skating while we were playing. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, nobody really came to that show, but that's like the thing you got to look forward to is the possibility that nobody's going to come. And then the next show we did with against Protocol at their place it was pretty big. Every show we did, we get a little bigger and bigger. And then the, our last show, I think, how many people came? I'm not even sure how many people came, but it was, you know, for a last-minute DIY show at, at like, middle-of-nowhere town, it was pretty good. Um, it's just, you know, it's a matter of not giving up and... What really helped is just my manager, CJ, he's in a band called Student Health. They're really big in like Orange County, North Carolina. Uh, subtle plug. Um, he helped get some shows. He helped get some bands together. He has done so much. Um, and Corbin from Half Joe, he's like helped out too. He's helped out with CDs. Um, I practice like me and Corbin do a lot together. So, yeah, no doubt. Um, so there is like this label that you guys are affiliated with called Hap Joe like Records. Um, yes. So tell me uh, more about that. Like, I don't know if the guy if you like created like the label yourselves or. Was it a label like in the sit in the town that you guys just signed to, like signed and you know became part of like, in that sense? Um, how we got signed is simple. I just one day I saw that there's this local record, and I I tried sending demos to the big record labels, didn't hear anything. Half the time, didn't want to hear anything. Excuse me from them, because big labels are gross and icky. So I just like one day I just said, you know what? I'm just gonna send my demo tape to this record company. Has like 40 followers on Instagram. Sent it, and then he said, I like it. Uh, over like we did a quick Skype call, and then we were signed on that day. And you know he's helped promote the album. He's helped promote our shows. He's helped get CDs. Um, he's been like a tremendous help. Oh, and um, yeah, I didn't make the I didn't make half joke. That's all his thing. All happiness Jones thing. Try to cut you off, by the way. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Uh, yeah, now it's just uh, trying to get through in that sense. Um, so since we're like at the end right now, um. Do you have any like final thoughts or last words that you want to say before we close it off in that sense? Oh man, I should be asking you that question because I feel like I've talked way too much. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think uh, for me, I mean, this was like a pretty interesting, you know, experience. You know, in that sense too. You know, you know, I don't really get like a lot of like people like in punk or in like rock in that sense too i i actually interviewed um like a punk infused like rapper like by the name of like crossed out like based out of 
you know, um, Toronto, Montreal, and Ottawa. Yeah. So he's pretty dope, like musically uh, si- similar to the whole like Sid Vicious, you know, uh, Clash thing. Yeah, yeah, the Clash type sound. Uh, definitely check it out. Um, he's pretty dope too. Um, also, uh, shout out to uh, Nascarallo. Um, I think. Out of any everyone like in North Carolina, him and uh, the baby are like well, you know, before the whole like uh, situation at Rolling Loud, I think those two like kind of had that unique aspect in them, like that came out of like North Carolina. Like I know people had like J Cole, and, like Rhapsody, but if we're talking about like unique sounds and what they bring different to the table, like those two. Like, without a doubt, like, with the baby, with his music videos, everything like that, like, untouchable, like, you can't really get anything better than that, like, in that aspect. And yeah, just, his flow is, like, so good. <laughs> pretty much. I, I could definitely say that, too, like, <laughs> without getting, like, criticized, because I know nowadays, too, we talk about, like, the baby, like, now, I know that there's gonna be like a lot of issues to like what people feel about him and what they view like his aspect on certain topics but i think with education and with proper understanding i do feel like people can change from that aspect too i think it was just like a silly like mistake that he made that he knew that it was wrong too but He's just gonna continue continue on, but like in a society like this, you know, with a lot of like stigmatization and a lot of like issues within various communities, you know, that's not the way how it goes. And that you know, you do have to take accountability for your actions on like what you have to say in that sense. But I mean, before that, like he literally was still like running the game, even if he wasn't like, dropping a project. And then NASCAR Allo. Uh, probably one of the best voices to come out of like north carolina with his punk infused raps you know with a mesh of trap you know i do feel like he's sid vicious of like punk trap rap in that sense you're like even like soundcloud rap too so definitely check him out too um i think uh he had like i think uh one project called i think mosh pit or um I think um, all American or something like that, uh, but I don't dance was kind of like what got me into like NASCAR Allo. I'd say definitely check him out. Like even his stuff uh, with uh, Josiah, like he's pretty dope too. So yeah, um, yeah, pretty much that's what I have to say in that sense. Um, uh, to anyone listening, I guess just. Start a band. If you can't start a band, I don't know. Start a podcast. Start a zine. Do something. Promote shows. Go to shows. Uh, uh, insert motivational quote here. Yeah. I yeah. guess that's just kind of like the setup. And, um, uh, so Ethan of the Boogie Boards, uh, thank you uh, for coming by, and thank you. Yeah, and uh, for everyone uh, watching this, thank you uh, for tuning in. Like, if you had watched, and I would like to see you all again soon. 
this will not sense. And this is Joshua, also known as Yashu of TLOI Talks, signing off on episode five. Uh, be sure to check it out and uh, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. And subscribe. And you know, if people see it on Instagram or Twitter, like with the cut up, you know, like link in the bio. <laughs>